Hey y'all, it's time for some damn good content. I'm Shelby Claymall, your host and business bestie. I'm a content creator, social media manager, and coach, keynote speaker, wife, and a mama of two who ditched her nine to five to build a thriving multi six-figure business solely using social media. Just like you, I'm a working mom and a wife with limited time. So I'm committed to cutting the fluff and delivering tips and fresh ideas straight to your earbuds on how you too can harness damn good content and create that type of business that you love and are proud of. Each week, we'll deep dive into strategy and mindset of building your brand on social media so that your confidence and success in the online space can skyrocket. Get ready to step outside of your comfort zone and start creating some damn good content. Are you ready? Let's freaking get it. All right. Hey guys, welcome to the episode with my girl, Erin Bridgman. I'm so freaking excited to have her as a guest, y'all. She is a pure genius, especially when it comes to money. Everything that we don't want to talk about, she loves to talk about. Like, talk about gives me sweaty armpit kind of action over here because, whew. Anyway, I'm so excited. So excited. She's built a six-figure business from coaching, and she's a millionaire from the real estate aspect of the world with her husband, and I just love it. And thank you so much for joining us today, and give it to us. Tell us who you are, what you do. Give us the spill, honey. Yes. Well, thanks for having me on this show. It's so fun. So, yes, I love talking about money because it is the source, the fuel that backs up most of our dreams. Most of our desires are have a dollar sign associated with them. And so I love helping set women free in their relationship with their money and the way that they think about it, manage it, all those things. So that's what I do inside of my coaching business is helping creative entrepreneurs with all that money stuff. Yeah. Um, and then I, I also, Brett and I are investors in real estate. We have a real estate company. This is where we're choosing to, uh, yeah, grow our wealth and do it through homes here in Indianapolis is where I live. I have the two most precious baby girls, Ava, who's three, Junie, who's 10 months and the weather's nice and we're just soaking it up and getting ready to head out to our new lake house that we've renovated and yeah, this is my life right now. And it every day before we pressed record, it was like, and my, my daughter has pink eye and I had to figure it out and childcare and, and it's crazy and it's messy and it's beautiful. Yes. Like I told you, this is a safe space, especially for everyone listening. It's all pretty much women for the most part. But I want to back up a little bit and tell everybody, y'all, we are in a mastermind together. That's how we actually know yes. each other. We're in Jasmine Star's mastermind together. We got to officially, officially meet um, last month uh, in Newport Beach, and it was freaking amazing. And she pulled me aside, and she's like, let's chat. She had questions about her messaging. I obviously had questions about what she does because, as I said, it makes me all nervous and giddy inside. But give us a little backstory on how you got started. Well, first off, how old are you? I'm 35. She's 35, y'all. She has built wealth for her family. She has young baby girls, and she is rocking and rolling. So we're going to pick her brain today. So tell us how you got started. Yeah. 
I got started as an entrepreneur back in 2012 is kind of, I've always been an entrepreneur spirit. You know, some people fall into yeah. entrepreneurship. Most people do, right? They like decide they love taking photos and then all of a sudden they have a business. I'm a yeah. little bit of a different way. Like I'm just like wired to have businesses. I actually sold books door to door to pay for college. So that's technically, I guess, my first sort of business thing. Um, but Brett and I got into wedding photography back in 2012. 12 and scaled that by 2014 into a six-figure brand and then we started to invest in real estate back in 2014 and this was scrappy this was hustling and this was Brett and I had almost a hundred thousand dollars of student debt and we're making very little in our salaries because we were both had full-time jobs we were very like we were going we were both got our master's degrees I mean we were kind of going down a different path at that point. And we knew we wanted more. And so uh, yeah. the photography business allowed us to bring in more cash. It's allowed us to start doing investing. And um, I knew that my work in higher education, where while I loved it, and I was working with women and developing women, empowering women, was resident director, I knew that wasn't going to be forever. And I pivoted then back in 2018. 18, 17, something like that into just business coaching. And as I was coaching women, how do we scale your business? So like pricing strategy, sales strategy, niching, all of that stuff. How do you make more money in your company? Because I had done that through my photography business. I kept seeing this theme. And the theme was the most talented, brilliant, ballsy women who are going out there and being like, I can make money in the marketplace myself, like my service, my product, whatever. They knew how to make money and they knew how to work to make, we were working to help them make more money, Right. but they were avoiding the skeleton in the closet. The thing that was like the, the, the shame or the thing they did, it was the money stuff. And it was really holding them back from the impact they wanted to make in the world from living free. You know, we, I would be on calls back then and it'd be like, okay. I have this much debt and I was just scrappy. I was like, let's get the spreadsheet out and let's just start. And I would just yeah. do it there. And it yeah. wasn't like it is, you know, then today. And so that's how it all started as far as niching into money and really helping creatives to think different and manage different when it comes to their, their, their money. Y'all, I knew that I would love this girl so much. I'm going to quote you from your website or okay. your sales page because I freaking love it because I have this on, in some form of fashion on mine because I had to write it for something yesterday is she said, I'm the creative and the nerd, the hype girl and the no bullshit friend. And let me tell you, <laughs> the internet is so filled with fake people and bullshit people that like, we don't have time for it. And I love it because like the conversations that we were having in Newport at lunch were good because we were challenging one another of like, what is your messaging? Okay, well, what are you doing with your money or what like all those things? And it was just so freaking good. So basically what she does is she, you know how to make money, you know what you're doing to make money. But now she's helping you that money into wealth. And I'm going to call it out right here for a second. And just if you're listening to this, it's not the Dave Ramsey thing. It is not that at all. <laughs> I like to say why I don't agree with Dave Ramsey. <laughs> okay. But what she does is she takes it to where you want to look at your bank account and you're okay with looking at your bank account and then say you want to invest. And this is a rock star of a human because she knows how to do both. 
So tell me a little bit of the controversy that you don't like about Dave Ramsey. Just let's throw it out. Let's iron it out. <laughs> well, you know, Shelby, since we, you know, we were talking, you've exposed our conversation around messaging and how I'm refining my messaging and all that, you know, a, a core principle of having good messaging is you have to be able to like have these like repelling, you know, I don't agree with Dave Ramsey yeah. and it's extreme. It sounds extreme. I want to say that there are principles that Dave Ramsey has that are great and that are helpful for a certain population of people. Brett and I did financial peace university when we were in college before we got married. Here's the thing who I teach are entrepreneurs entrepreneurs have two levers to building wealth and financial freedom and stability. The people that Dave Ramsey is speaking to has one lever. And so it's a completely different philosophy when you only have one lever. So Dave yeah. Ramsey is speaking to a, a population of people that typically work nine to five, have no ability to go make more money. They don't have the mindset or the, um, yeah, the mindset really, or maybe the skills or whatever to think about going and taking risk and making more money or leveraging certain assets or certain things too. So he's, his, his ideology around budgeting, his stuff is you have to spend less. It's very restrictive energy. It's, you know, that is only half of the equation for an entrepreneur right. and I prefer for entrepreneurs to get more into the energy of making more money, manifesting more. That's a more positive vibration than restriction is. And I think that's why budgeting has such a terrible rap is because it means like, oh my gosh. And I'm, you know, I have a new client I just started working with and she's like, I'm so scared. I'm going to see how much I spend at Starbucks. I'm going to see. And so what I teach is you, when we're doing budgeting, it's about gaining knowledge. There's no judgment. We're not, you're not going to judge yourself. I'm not going to judge you in the process. We're just gathering information because this is a, a process that you've been avoiding for decades. Yeah. Typically yeah. not, you don't want to look at the numbers. You're scared to look at the numbers. So we're just going to like already celebrate that you are like diving in and looking at your numbers. You're assessing your budget. Then we're going to make decisions. We're going to amplify right. your financial goals and we're going to make decisions. Like if you just see that you make, you spend $250 on Starbucks, you get to decide, is that in alignment with my values? Do I want to spend $250 a month on Starbucks? But it's not going to be the immediate is you cannot, like I remember Dave Ramsey was like, you should never be on the inside of a restaurant unless you're working it until you're debt free or something crazy like that. And a lot of times as entrepreneurs, we need to just, go make more money or just manage the money that we're already right. making and be dialed into that. So that's why I say I don't agree with Dave Ramsey. Yes, at some level, whenever we're doing uh, bringing the business finances over to the personal finances, you have to have a zero or a positive number at the bottom of the spreadsheet or you're going into debt. And if we don't have enough excess, then we can't get to your financial goals. And then you have two decisions. Are you going to go make more money or bring more money in from the business into your personal world? Or are we going to cut certain things? So that's my, that's my whole spiel. Also, like Brett and I's past, like just really quick, like we had $100,000 of debt and we had a decision back in 2014. We had 18, we had, it was $22,700 
and we could choose to pay off one student loan, which is what Dave Ramsey would probably advise based on his strategies. Or and or I could go buy an asset that would pay off an, my entire student debt. That's what is, I was waiting which, for. Which is what the entrepreneur does. So that's my whole thing is there's a lot of good stuff that Dave Ramsey has. He knows a lot more about a lot of things and money and finance and all that kind of stuff. But why I say that is I don't love for entrepreneurs to just sort of fall into the Dave Ramsey mindset and thinking. And I think it's limiting and it it ends up, uh, we say, Brett and I say this phrase a lot. We don't want to trip over dollars to save pennies. And if you are trying to figure out how to not spend $20 a week at Starbucks, when you could just go make an extra $1,000 and blow that out of the water, we're looking at the wrong thing. Exactly. And I think too, a lot of it is like as entrepreneurs, you need to be uncomfortable in investing. And the more and more I hear it um, is obviously investing in real estate is your big kicker for investing. Um, I mean, there's people that have different thoughts and processes of what they want to actually invest in. But the money that you just said is, I think I saw a reel that you had put, like we bought our first house or flip or whatever the case may be with that money. Is that correct? We bought our first rental property back July of 2014. Mm -hmm. And how many rental properties do y'all have now? Give me a lowdown on the rental side. I mean, the uh, real estate side real fast. Yeah. So now we have um, 18 doors. 18 doors, y'all. 18 doors means uh, like if uh, just for like a duplex would be two doors, a triplex would be three. We mostly have single family homes and we have duplexes. So that is so awesome. And then we, we have, I don't know, like three over three million right now working in real in uh, flip assets. So that means like the value of the flip projects that we're doing in the city. Um, and that is what cash flows payroll. And that is what cash flows us, our ability to leave, you know, money inside of rentals. Heck yeah, honey. Look at you. Kudos to you and cheers to that. I don't know about y'all, but that sounds like a great coach to me because if she knows how to help you get over the fact that I don't like, I am a prime example. We had this conversation. She knows I hate looking at finances. I hate looking. I mean, I know what's there, but like, I'm ready to step into that world of like, what do we, what's next? And as we sat there on the pier and we talked, um, I want you to deep dive a little bit into who is your audience? Like, who are you attracting to the point of like, where are you taking them? So how do you get them to work with you? How do you get them over that fear? What is it like to actually work with you? So what does that look like? And then what do they feel like when they're like ready to be like, I graduated Aaron's program and I'm a badass woman that is wealthy instead of rich. Like there is a difference. Oh my goodness, Shelby. I have to figure out how to answer all those questions. Okay. What was your, okay, let's say that again. Okay, the first question, first question is, how do you get, who are you serving? And how do you get them over that fear of working with you? Let's start there. Yeah, so I serve female creative entrepreneurs that know how to make money. It's really fun because I, in the onboarding questionnaire, 
I ask them, what's your, your superpower with money? Most people don't think that I'm going to ask that question because obviously they're coming to me for money help, but I always love to amplify our strengths and what we're good at. And so many people say, I'm really good at making money. They also say I'm really good at spending money, yeah. which is my person <laughs> too, which is why they find themselves in their, in their situations often. Um, or they're really good at hoarding their money and not deploying it well. So yeah, I work with creative entrepreneurs. So I was a photographer, like I said, so I attract a lot of people who are photographers, uh, web designers, illustrators in the wedding industry, do marketing uh, of some sort. I just have somebody that joined me who has like a whole VA uh, team. She, she runs a VA team. So don't like online digital marketing, blah, blah, blah. You get you get the idea. Yeah. And they, they're making at least six figures. And, and, and just to clarify, you know, because that's like, you know, sexy language for marketing. This means that their business is making about 100000 to $300,000 is generally who I'm working with. Yeah. Yet, yet they find themselves in this place where they have financial desires that they can't get to. So often, like we leave whatever our life is before to go into entrepreneurship, to have freedom, yes. time freedom, lifestyle freedom, money freedom, and money is sort of the source to get to all that. You want time right. freedom, you need money. You need money. You need to be able to outsource. You need to be able to like afford certain softwares. You need to be able to have a team that can expedite all these things like and so what happens, I think, and I'm still figuring it out, Shelby, you know, that's why you and I yeah. were talking about my messaging yeah. not being totally, totally dialed in and just is it's sh money is shameful. And a lot of people feel deep shame around money. A lot of people feel um, very hesitant to trust somebody to open up their underwear yeah. door of their money. Right. Yeah. And so this is my challenge, but this is my joy. And so what happens is people get so sick of it and they get so excited about the possibility of their dreams that they could actually realize. Like I just right. am so sick of just making money and not having it and being in this debt or not having any savings. So I feel like I'm not secure or I am making all this money but I'm not, I'm not planning to work till I'm 80 and I am right. not investing. And as entrepreneurs, you are your retirement plan. And so I think it just like people just get this, like, I got to get it into gear. Like I have to figure this out. I have to be willing to get uncomfortable. Uh, like a re two recent conversations. One was a gal who I was on, you know, a discovery call and I started eliminating discovery calls and I brought them back. I love discovery calls. Even if you don't work with me, I just love getting to meet people and hopefully serving right. them and really help, you know? And she was like, you know, so nervous and so whatever. And, and I was like, oh my God, she has to say yes. She needs this so bad. Like this would literally change her life, you know, if she will right. say yes. And it's it's ultimately, I just trust trust the universe that they, they will make the right decision. And so she literally emailed me that afternoon. She was like, okay, I got off the call. I cried a little bit. I talked to, she was a referral to someone else and I'm all in, I'm literally all in. And like, we've been working together only two weeks. This girl is like fire. She is like, so doing the work she's so, 
And then I heard someone who I'm going to start working with in July was like, oh my God, I'm so scared. Like, you're going to see everything. You're going to like see how much money I make. Like, I don't make any money. Like you're going to, you know, and I'm just, I, so my approach is like exactly what you said on the website, as far as like my personality approach is like, I am super sweet, but I'm also no bullshit. I create as I try my hardest to create like a, such a space of safety for people and like honoring that you're like stepping into this power in such a new way, but also like calling you out because you've got to be called out in order to stop being the person Learn. that is closing your eyes, stop being the person yeah. that's like, I'm just like, I just spend all the time. I'm just a spontaneous spender. Like, okay, there's something deeper there that we need to understand, like the belief or the thought of why you're doing that and to change the habit. So hopefully that answers the question a little. No, that does because you you talked about a lot of it too is people are scared. That is obviously they're getting very uncomfortable because either they handle their finances on their own and they're like they handle the bills that the husband has nothing to do with it or the husband handles everything and they know nothing. But now the world is genuinely flipping to where women are being very powerful now and they're becoming very, very powerful and they are making the money and they want to work and they see that they can be coaches or they can do these side hustles that can bring in a bunch of money and they can do all these things. But if you don't pay attention to where your money is going, there's no growth. And even if you do want to leave corporate for freedom and time and to become rich or wealthy or whatever the word is to you, if you cannot manage your money, you are going to be working way more and way harder than if you were working for someone else. Like, what? I know. It, it's crazy. It's I'm just like, I just think it's, I, and of course we all think, but I'm just like, I feel like this is the most important work because it's literally the, the very thing that yeah. you're looking for, but that you're avoiding. And I think so much, you know, it is so true. And I so celebrate where women are you know, yeah. with money. And I talk about this in different, you know, women just in the past 100 years, how much has changed? You know, we couldn't open our own credit cards without a man in the seventies. Yeah. In the seventies is when we started to have legislation that pushed for equal pay for equal work. And we're still mm -hmm. not there just because I'm a woman. Right. And so there has been shifts and changes and they're very recent, which is shocking and alarming. And there's a long way to go. Right. But what I also like to say, and I like to say that too, to be like, it's not your fault for those who are listening that find themselves like, oh my God, they're getting very uncomfortable. Their armpits are sweating and they're going to like have a panic attack when they think about their taxes or whatever they're thinking about. <sighs> yeah. It's not your fault. You know, it's not like, like this story. And when we, we do the mindset work and we dig into your money story and your, your, your blocks and like, yeah, that comes from your upbringing. It comes from the way that your subconscious was formed by the people around you and the, and the structures around you. Yes, but let's look at the greater historical situation. Let's look at the greater societal structures. It's not just your individual story. It's the story of women. You know, yeah. and so I like to say that because I like to say it's not your fault. But then I also like to give this super like, this is like my hoorah motivational like speech on stage, like go like you as an entrepreneur, because that's who's listening to the show. 
you are the on the front lines of making change in history because we sit in a time in, in history where women can make the most money they've ever been able to make. And you've chosen to do it like I'm gonna sell myself or a product I make. So I'm you're you're ballsy enough, risky enough to be going to the market and saying, pay me. So you've already done some deep work, whether you know it yeah. or not. And so I just believe that as female entrepreneurs, if we can like dial this up, if we can like change how we manage our money, how we think about our money, all of this stuff, like I say, wealthy women will change the world. I really believe that like what, how we change in the process and then show up at a higher level and literally more money in the hands of heart-centered beautiful women will change the world women are statistically yeah. more altruistic they give more to the communities when i look at what the goals are of women oftentimes it's about like i want to set up the next generation i want to give to this cause i want to be able to be the person that can open my heart like da -da -da -da. it's very much about others as well so it's huge I want to say this to everybody that's listening, um, that me and Aaron are both parents, moms of very young children, and you are capable of doing whatever you set your mind to, as long as you surround yourself with the people that can help you get there. It is me and Casey, another, um, girl that's in our mastermind. Uh, we're talking about this the other day that entrepreneurship is very lonely and, we grew up basically on what you just said. We don't talk about things. They don't talk about money. They don't talk about how hard entrepreneurship is. They don't talk about all these things where now we're transforming into a world where I'm like, I will tell you anything and everything that you want to know if this is going to allow you and help you to chase your dreams. So you're sitting here talking to someone that left corporate that was miserable, wanted time and freedom and is building a business with two children. You're looking at someone or you're hearing if you're watching, listening to this to Erin, she did the exact same thing. She was in student loan debt and she figured out her and her husband figured out how to get to the point of the life that they wanted to live and freedom and time, whether you want to be an entrepreneur or you are a mom that's staying home that just wants a side hustle that brings in some extra cash that still you still need to understand how you manage that in order to turn that into wealth. So I think that mm. it's great that this is such an outlet for women, especially listening and getting motivated to chase their dreams and know that they can be wealthy. So even if their husband does work and they have a side hustle and they're making money, they can present, let's go invest in real estate. Let's go invest in things that will make us wealthy in the long run. That is leaving a legacy for our children. And that now we feel satisfied that we're doing something. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this is such a great podcast. I love it because I think that especially my audience is going to get a lot out of it. Because this is such a like black sheep thought that like people don't talk about. And you're so right. Because even when you and I had the conversation, I was like, honey, I'm scared as hell. Not because of money. I'm like, holy shit, we're now making money that I never thought or imagined was possible. And I've built this team. And now it's like, okay, what's next? I want to leave a legacy. I want to build wealth. I don't want to just be rich. I don't want to just keep saying I have a six figure business. What is next? And so I think Erin, I mean, she is definitely an asset to anyone's life, especially in the entrepreneur world of women. And so what I want you to now explain to us is how is it to work with you? Like, what are the steps of what do y'all break down? What are some barriers that they have to practice? Give us like three or four tips of like what's next when they do sign on with you. 
So like kind of what, what the inside scoop is of my program when you work with me? Yeah, just a little bit. Give us a teaser. Sure. So the foundation that I do is the eight-week money transformation coaching. And this is an intensive program. And inside of there, we're working on two things. I believe that you cannot make significant, substantial, like long-term change without changing how you think. So we are working on money mindset alongside of money management and the money management side of things, which I could talk about a little bit more. It is building new musculature for my person that helps their mindset. Women who say, I never look at my bank account. I hide my numbers. I don't know a spreadsheet. I just hire a lot of times people like, Oh, I have an accountant or a bookkeeper for that. I'm like, no, that's not what the type of work I'm doing. That's great. We'll use your book. We'll, we'll have them run a few reports for us, but there's a lot more you need to do, you know? And so by doing this work, you're already changing this limitation you put mm-hmm. on yourself. I'm just not a numbers person. So they really work hand in hand in my, and, and, and I'm not like burn some sage and have some candles and woo, 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 woo. Yeah. There's a like, so just to say, I have a couple O's on my woo-woo, but it's really like, <laughs> it's really like, I have a, a journal that you go, uh-huh. a money journal that you go through and it helps me uh, dig into the spaces that we need to expand and grow in through my Voxer coaching. So there's that process. You learn your sacred money archetype. We do abundance tracking with a tool that I have, um, Yeah. So that's like some of the mindset stuff. And then inside of the management stuff, I've developed sort of a proprietary money matrix system, which is a uh, group of spreadsheets that really works to organize your numbers in a 360 view. Most of us have a 180 view of our business numbers, meaning we understand present to past because we have an accountant, a bookkeeper, and we have to, for taxes, create profit and loss statements, balance sheets, stuff like that. We have to, if we're going to be CFOs that really like work towards wealth and mm-hmm. uh, you in financial freedom, you have to have present to future. And so yeah. my uh, sheets help you kind of get that whole scope. What's your cash flow? What are your projections? How can you pay yourself a consistent salary? Even if your, your revenue isn't consistent, you know, many people make a majority of their money, maybe in six months of wedding industry, people, stuff like that. So how can, cause you have to have that stability in order to then the salary piece is so huge because the salary is what the number that we take from your business and we move that over to all the personal work. So then inside of the personal side of the money matrix spreadsheets, we develop your budget. We figure out where your excess is. We develop, we, we define your financial goals. We then, I help prioritize those financial goals, save dollar, put dollar for dollar you know, what we're going to do in your personal world. And so that's kind of like a very quick high level snapshot um, yeah. of, of the, of the work I do with people. Wow. You just honestly made me feel better about my life. Um, because I'm like, I pay myself on salary. I know my cash flow. Wait, I have spreadsheets. So I'm yes. not as scared then I guess, because I know those, like I'm, I guess with the mastermind, it's kind of pushed me a little bit more, but I do pay attention. I have spreadsheets and I always have accounting friends and I'm just like, I don't know how to do the crap that y'all do. Like all the 
equations and shit. So I literally just have this balance sheet or whatever that I know how to work. And that's what I do. And then that's amazing. Like, Shelby. What you just told me, I was like, Oh my God. Okay. Maybe I am on the right track. <laughs> you are. You so are. I love it. I love it. I want to, um, ask you a few more questions though. And it, I'm, then we're going to shift to a little bit personal because I love to, yeah. end, you know, um, I live in the world of social media and right now we're building personal brands and trying to be more personable, especially going into 2023 and beyond. But, um, I want you to tell us, you might not have one of these, but like your biggest regret personally and your biggest regret professionally, and you can do professionally first if you want, cause that's kind of what we're, um, talking about, but like, how did you overcome and maybe look at it in the sense of like one of your biggest failure moments that you were like, holy shit, I'm failing. I am not going to overcome this, but it was almost like an epiphany to maybe lead you to your proudest moment. You know what I mean? Or make you better. Yeah. I just want to touch on That's that. A good question. So professionally, so inside of my business, what's like a bit of failure yeah. inside of my business. Hmm. So good. I, this might, this might sound kind of like weird and I know like whatever I could talk about a lot of them. So, but I, this is the one that's like coming up to me is like two years ago, about two years ago, two and a half years ago, I found myself in this place where I sort of completely abandoned my intuition and I decided that I wanted to scale and I was going to do hire all the people that tell you what to do. And I started to find myself really out of alignment inside of my company. Like I spent like $15,000 on these strategists who had me doing this work that I was like dying inside about. And I, you know, I started to like, okay, well, this is the niche that they're kind of pointing me to that makes the most sense. And I just, yeah. inside of my heart, I kind of knew like this was, I had a different direction. It was the money direction, but I kind of just silenced it and was like, no, just, just do what the, the, I, I had coaches working underneath me and all this stuff. And so I found myself really discouraged and mm -hmm. spending a lot of money that I shouldn't have been spending and being like, what the heck is going on? So I would just say like, when I realized what had happened and that I realized I was not, I had shut off my own intuition just to, because I wanted to be, I wanted to grow and I wanted to impact more lives. And I wanted to do what the people, all the people online, the big people are I'm telling doing. you. Yeah. And it was like, Ooh, that wasn't, that wasn't right. You know? And I think I'm constantly on a journey of figuring out like, how do I sift through all of the marketing advice and strategies and keep my intuition dialed up high? And how do I make sure that my work is always in alignment? And sometimes I think too, just with the intuitions, sometimes I find myself like if I would have listened to my intuition earlier, this is like even real estate um, related, I would not be in some challenging spots that I find myself in now. Yeah. But if I would have just like listened to myself earlier and just been like louder with it, that, um, and I, I love that you asked this question because, um, I was just on a, I was boxing with one of my clients and she was like saying, like, okay, so like, how are you so confident with money? And how are you so like kind of putting me on this pedestal? And I was like, okay, I just want you to know, like, 
I want you to take me off of the pedestal. And I feel like sometimes talking about I have 18 rentals and I have blah, 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 makes me feel or seem like she's so far away. And I'm really not like I, you know, I caught you caught the work of mindset and stuff is constant. I say you don't mm-hmm. ever slay the dragon. You learn how to tame it. You learn how to like get yourself into abundance faster. You learn how to manage it faster. But I mean, Brett and I, you know, we found it when we stick to our principles inside of real estate, our money principles, all that, we find great success. Recently, we did not stick to our principles. This is a little more my husband and his business partner than me. And we're really suffering from that. We really are. And so I just, I want to say that stuff because it's not like I live in this world where I have absolutely no financial stress and I never think in a scarcity headspace and all of that. Like I'm a real human who's continuously doing the work that I teach. Absolutely. Okay. And I want to pinpoint this because that was amazing in the sense of like, that is so relatable because exactly what you just said, and I do this with a lot of my clients is I am like, you have to pull back that curtain. And when we look at people on social media, or we look at people from a distance, like the amount of people that look at me and say, Oh my God, it looks like you're killing it. But in what capacity? You know what I mean? Like, so the fact that we started where your clients are. So you might have, you might be making a lot of money. You might be uber successful, but you had obstacles that you faced and that you had to overcome and that you had to decide, okay, well, that was really dumb. I don't need to do that again and continue to go And your option was to get up and keep going. And the thing is that failure and mistakes All of those happen in order to get us to where we are today. And that is what brings the confidence. And that is what is allowing us to help others start where we started. And in the sense of what I've learned as well is your gut and your intuition is pretty much always accurate. So especially when, even if it's like working with a client that maybe come and they're like, oh my God, they're going to pay you X amount of money. The money is not going to matter if you are going to go against your morals and your values and the mission of your business, because that one client could suck everything out of you. And you can get 10 of them that respect you and that want to work with you and that are ease. And that's a huge difference. So I'm really excited that you did say like, follow your intuition. And the fact that like, there are people that we even me, I'm very guilty of I put on a pedestal, but in the same sense of they had obstacles that they are facing currently, and that they have faced. And it was the decision of what they wanted to do that got them to where they are today and what the future will hold for them. So I'm, I'm glad that you were vulnerable in that sense. And there, let's hit the proudest moment. Give me the proudest moment in your professional life and what you and Brett have done or just you honey as coaching and teaching wealthy women women to be amazing I know I'm hitting you with it I know you asked for questions before and I'm like "Eh -eh." I you know what I'm gonna say that one of my proudest I I don't even know if it's like yeah and maybe I'm just gonna call it a magical moment you know, cause I asked this question, like in my, uh, at the end of my podcast, I asked like, what's your most proud money moment. And I love people's answers. Cause it's not the super sexy marketing. I'm a millionaire. I, yeah. Sold yeah. This, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? I, what came to my mind when you said that was 
the dinner parties that I've been able to host for female entrepreneurs and the magic that happens around the table. Yes. I just feel like, and that's not even like, I'm just proud that I'm like leading that. I'm proud of the women showing up and the experience and the magic. Um, you know, I don't know. That's like a weird moment, but I'm really proud of no, that. No, I love and that. It, I guess it's more of a magical moment. I'm really proud right now. I'll just say I'm really freaking proud of myself for still being in my company right now and showing Good. up in my company because real estate has sucked the life out of me these, this past year. And I'm tapping back into creativity, creativity and energy and getting some clients and like really getting in flow, but I could have easily just shut it down. So I'm really proud of myself for just like believing so much in my mission and my work and loving it that I would just like keep going. I love that. And I love that you, your proud moment, because it can be a proud moment is a magical moment. Cause I will confess that I've never been a true girl's girl until recently, honestly, because we grew up with the whole like catty bullshit. Like I don't do that. Like I do not do the cattiness. I don't do the jealousy. I don't do all that crap. And so to me, it was just easier just to be like, no, but I have evolved in the sense of when you find the right women that are genuinely cheering you on and they are genuinely happy for you and they see the spark in you and they want you to like succeed and they want you to be amazing. I, it's a whole new light. Like this mastermind that we're in with 15 women that are, it was just an accident for Jasmine to put us in there. Like there are women out there that empower women. And it is insane that right now getting chills, understanding the magical moment that you experience because the more being in the entrepreneur space and really aligning myself with the right women, it really shows that there are women out there that aren't good and that are nice and they're not just fake and they want you to win. And they this is a safe space for that. So I'm really actually happy that you use that as your proud moment. And I have Thanks one more saying that-, that Shelby and like, just really quick, like, I'm so glad you decided to like, open yourself up to that again. I remember like our first call, I think I sent you a DM or something. I was like, Oh my God, I have a friend crush on you. I love you. We're going to be friends. Like I just, yes. like, and I totally like, and this is, I've never really talked about, but like, I was kind of like, bullied with the caddy girls like there was an I hate Aaron club in my neighborhood like shut up there was some painful stuff back there for me uh, in my childhood and so I get it girls can be that but like they can also be beautiful magical and amazing oh my god you just set up this next statement so well you're gonna hate me or love me I don't know I just did y'all as y'all know because I sent it in the group texts I just did my brand video and I was nervous as hell because it's literally for my personal brand and so I told the guys I was like do not ask me any questions before like I want to be surprised with everything and I want like my genuine answer and I was like but be prepared I'm an emotional roller coaster I will cry and the last question that they asked me was if you could go back and tell your little girl self something, what would you tell her? Mm. Actually, I'm going to go a little different route with that. I think I would tell her, I would tell her to like relax and you don't have to work so hard. I'm an Enneagram three. 
So like the woundedness of the Enneagram three, the challenge is like really like this performance based, like I must be successful. I must work really hard. This is one of my money blocks is money. I, you must work really hard for money. It can't come with ease and flow and something that I've still battle, but I've also seen that it can come with ease and flow. And so I would just tell her, just like, have a little more fun, take a deep breath, chill out. You don't have to work so hard. You are loved and valued just as you are. Oh my God. I literally love that question. And I never, I mean, you, you see like the reels that are going around that are trending and it's like, it's a picture of you as a little girl or whatever. And then it changes to who you are now. Um, but I've never like sat in that question. I'm not telling you my answer until mine come out. My thing comes out. Cause I think it's like even more powerful, Ooh, but I can't wait to hear it. Shelby. I know I'm really pumped, but I, uh, what have you ever been in a mastermind to wrap us up? You have, mm-hmm. so this isn't your first mm-hmm. one. Mm-mm. No, I was in Melissa Griffin's like two, two and a <clears throat> half years ago. And actually in my call, that's in just a few minutes from that, we have a peer mastermind. So we, we are just peers leading it together. There's actually, we just had another gal join. So there's nine of us and it's the most magical yes yes and I like what you were saying like entrepreneurship is so lonely and for so long I was seeking that friendship and really desperately to have other women that understood the mindset and being on I have a lot of great friends but I wanted more of that uh the people really got me and I could say we just did like updates right before so we can actually spend the call not doing updates but getting getting really into it yeah and I was so raw I, I and I and that's the be like we we have a really active text message that's like here's what's great I'm celebrating this oh my gosh yeah. I'm freaking out I, I'm freaking out oh my gosh I'm crying like it's just so it's good yeah I feel like it was one of my deep gratitudes for 2022 when I reflected on the year was I don't feel lonely in entrepreneurship. And it's a huge part, this group. It is. It's it's definitely a huge to not feel that anymore because I know in our first mastermind, um, especially with Jasmine, like she was asking and I, I'm not going to call them out, but there was two of us that said the exact same thing. And it was basic or a couple of us that was just like, it's just lonely with what we do. And, and especially what I do, because people don't really understand it, especially where I'm from, like where, what this even means, like social media management, how is that a career? What is, what do you mean? I'm confused. <laughs> and so it's really hard to talk about, but now we have such a bond. And the fact that we met in person in the beginning of the mastermind was, I think, gold, because now it just like levels us all up to where I feel like I just know who you are at this point, like as a person, not necessarily just as a businesswoman, but as a person too. Mm -hmm. So I, um, want to thank you so much for taking time out of your crazy morning with your baby (laughs) girls. I felt you yesterday. That was me, honey. Uh, but we figure it out and we do our thing. So thank you so much before me, before we end, I want you to tell everybody where they can find you. Um, and then also shout out to your podcast and all that kind of stuff. Give us everything. Yeah. Okay, you can find me. I'm most active on Instagram. So you can find me there at Aaron underscore Bridgman. You can maybe put that my name is spelled E R I N N B R I D G M A N. No E on the bridge. It's like crazy. So just check the show notes. Um, so <laughs> go there. Um, I have the Wealthy Woman podcast where we talk about how can we live in deeper abundance and how can we use our businesses to grow our 
wealth. So you could head there. It has really tangible business advice as well. And I think the salary calculator tool would be something that might be helpful for your audience. Yes. It's a, a brand new tool that I just created. And so I can give you the link for that if people yeah. feel like they want to figure out how can I start really paying myself consistently and not just many people pay themselves consistently, but they pay themselves least last and inconsistently. They pay themselves not enough. And so this tool will help you kind of figure out based on your business finances, uh, a range to pay yourself. Perfect. Well, thank you again so much. And I hope you have a great day. Guys, that's a wrap for this episode. If you like it, please share, comment, review all the things. um, And we will see you next week. 